0: snake eyes is an actual play semi-improvised podcast that utilizes an adapted version of the freeform universal role-playing system at its base our game master nathan quadrio describes scenes settings and characters for our player miriam feats who reacts as an active part of the story most of what you hear in this podcast is collaboratively improvised by our two performers At moments of great risk and tension, Miriam will be asked to roll a standard six-sided die to determine the outcome of the situation. On a one to three, something goes wrong, adding more complications to the story. On a four to six, luck swings her way, and the story moves on unimpeded. Now, prepare to enter a world of murder, adultery, crime, and lies in Snake Eyes. The day was much like any other. The afternoon sun was blazing through the windows. The blinds, now thin and worn, do little to protect from the heat. Beeping horns from the downtown postwork rush beat through the thin walls. The claustrophobic feel of the room with its overflowing bookshelf and piles of newspapers only serves to intensify the atmosphere. A singular ceiling fan spins lazily to offer some kind of solace as Biddy Jones, private investigator, sits behind her desk, finalising the paperwork from her last job. You make a few notes for yourself and sign an invoice for a job well done when it begins, as it always does, with a knock at the door. Before the door is even open, you can see the silhouette in the frosted window behind the golden lettering of Jones' investigations. A feminine shadow with a cigarette in one hand and a dominating wide-brimmed hat. You move from your desk... Sweeping the waste paper basket, piled high with crumpled papers out of sight, and open the door. Before you stands a woman, approximately in her late 40s, in a purple A-line dress that fits tight to her torso. Her matching hat gives shade to a perfectly set hair and a beautifully made-up face. This is a woman of both great wealth and great status. She takes a puff on her cigarette. You must be Miss Tabitha Jones. May I come in?
1: Of course. Come straight through.
0: Thank you. She steps into the room and takes a seat.
1: I'm so sorry about all the mess. Let me just clear some things away.
0: She stares right at you as you clean up the room. I've come here, Miss Jones, because I've heard of your reputation for both high quality work and even higher quality discretion. Is that true?
1: Yes.
0: Yes, it is. Well, I have an item of um, well, great discretion to be discussed. Perhaps you know of my husband, Max Herringbone. Um,
1: yes, of course. Of course I know your husband.
0: Well, then you probably also know that he's known as the nice guy of film. He's always shown great respect to his cast, his crew, his family, which has always been of great pleasure to me. But of course, recently, some things have changed. For the past few months he's been working on a new film Summer Meadows one of those sweeping romances set in the prairie years starring a young woman by the name of Nancy Fisher she's a very promising up and comer has been in a few films unfortunately she has a reputation for being a bit of a harlot now Max has uh, started to work late and come home smelling of booze being very mysterious about his whereabouts and I'm concerned that he is a uh, perhaps spending time with people who are not his family. He claims he's making changes to the script, but when I've spoken to his assistant director, Charlie Randall, apparently he's leaving along with everybody else at the end of the workday. I'm hoping for your particular set of skills to be useful in identifying where he is and who he is doing it with.
1: Well, I can certainly look into it for you. Thank you. So your husband, he's never never shown any behavior like this before?
0: Not at all. He's always been very good at making sure he's home on time, spending lots of time with the children. They're all grown now, of course. I guess this is very out of character for him.
1: Is there anything else odd or out of the ordinary that's been happening in your life or your husband's other than the film?
0: Not that I'm aware of. I know that the studio is growing exponentially, and he's very thrilled with that. This film is supposed to be a big hit for them. I do think that it is odd that he is coming home smelling off alcohol. He's never been a particularly big drinker. But perhaps Nancy is being a very negative influence on him. Of course, I am more than happy to offer you access to our home, when he's not there during the day, of course, and I'm sure that I could swing a visit to the movie studio to perhaps meet with him and... The rest of the cast, perhaps you could uh, pose as a family friend.
1: Of course, both of those sound very useful.
0: Thank you so much. Please, uh, do not hesitate to get in touch. And Although I may not seem it, I'm a strong woman and I can take whatever you find.
1: Of course, I, um, I don't pull my punches when it comes to finding the truth.
0: She reaches into her small purse and places down a business card. This is where you can reach me.
1: Of course, thank you very much.
0: Thank you. And she exits.
1: Alright, so does Biddy... Biddy's heard of Max and is familiar with his films? Yes. Now her old school friend Molly, she knows got a job at a movie studio and she knows has sort of made it on the silver screen. Do I know if she's been in any of Max's films or has been at all associated with Max?
0: She hasn't been in any of Max's films directly, um, but she does work at Solar Studios, which is his primary studio. So she would have known of him and the people who have worked with him.
1: How far away is the studio from the offices?
0: Your office is downtown, and all the movie studios are in the upper district. So we're probably taking maybe half an hour, 40 minutes.
1: All right. And what time of day is it right now?
0: It's the afternoon, probably 3.30. All right.
1: What I... think Biddy might do is she'll head down to the film studio mm-hmm. but I think on her way she's also going to stop and pick up the day's paper
2: mm-hmm. and just
1: see if there's anything in the paper about what's happening at the movie studio anything about the upcoming project mm-hmm. to see what the local sort of gossip is surrounding the movie
0: So you head downstairs and you hail a taxi, stopping on the way to grab a newspaper. As you drive towards Solar Studios, down the coastline, past beautiful mansions and and other high-powered film studios, you flick through the paper. After a couple of pages, you do find a small article about the film Slumber Meadows. It's not coming out for a few months, so there's not too much going on about it, but they do talk about Nancy Fisher, who is a new up-and-coming star, and the male lead, Theo Carrington. And Theo is somebody who has worked in the film industry for a little while, he's a little bit older, but this is his first time as a leading male actor. Mostly in the past, Theo has worked in administration. He's worked with Max on a few projects as kind of co-producer in that kind of role. And so the article discusses the strangeness of Theo's part in this being put in what is supposed to be one of the big productions for the film studio and him not being an actor. Yeah,
1: Biddy is intrigued by that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And she'll, I think, take that particular page of the newspaper and just fold it up and put it in a pocket before she gets to
0: the studio. You arrive at Soul Studios. You pull up and see this beautiful, resplendent white limestone fence and an arched gateway that stands maybe 12 feet tall that states solar studios across it. Beautiful, very, very expensive, building. You walk up to the boom gates where a security guard is standing. Good afternoon.
1: Hello, uh, my name is Biddy, Biddy Jones. I was meant to meet an old friend for drinks, Molly Cartwright. Um, I believe she's working today. I could have had my calendar wrong.
0: Hmm. You're Biddy Jones, you say? Yes. Let me have a look here at the list. He scrolls his finger over the list that he has in front of them. Unfortunately, your name's not on the list. Who you meeting with, you said? Molly Cartwright? Molly
1: Cartwright. I guess I got the day wrong. Is there any way that you can go get her, let her know that I'm here?
0: He grabs the phone next to him and dials a number. Hello? Yes, I've got a, a Biddy Jones here from Molly Cartwright. Her name's not on the list. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. He hangs up the phone and he looks at you. He's lying you off suspiciously. Molly says she's expecting you.
1: Oh, fantastic.
0: Next time, just double-check that your name's on the list.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: And he opens the boom gate and allows you through. And you head on through... As you walk through the lot, there's a confusing sense of both kind of intense order and this crazed mania. An older man is attempting to wrangle a pair of giggling young women dressed in skimpy bathing suits into one of the sound stages to film in. Racks of these colourful costumes rush by, being pushed by two thin young men who speak loudly about the director's sudden change of costuming on a project. Two middle-aged men are practising some kind of tap routine in an alleyway. And you see somebody who you can only assume is a down-and-out scriptwriter crying on a crate, being comforted by a friend. It seems they've been rejected and probably not for the first time. The constant noise and hubbub is somewhat nauseating, but you see a building marked as Dinah and you head towards it.
1: As I'm heading towards it, I think Biddy wants to take note of the kind of workers that are here, whether or not there's a uniform or something that identifies them as a worker just in case she needs to do some snooping, whether she's going to need to get her hands on a uniform or whether she could just like pick up a piece of equipment and walk around and that would be enough.
0: Absolutely. So there's definitely a uniform for the crew, traditional long sleeve blue overall. Those are people who are mostly set builders, set painters, people who are involved in the construction element of it. You could be anybody. You grab a costume off a rack and you could fit into any one of the different scenes. I'm heading towards the diner. You do see that most of the people in there are the talent, as it were. Yeah. And so they are dressed reasonably well. You enter the diner and it is later in the afternoon, so it's not particularly busy. There's a couple of people having a little bit of coffee. The person behind the bar, a young woman, is just wiping it down cleaning and you look over and you see your friend Molly Cartwright, dyed blonde hair, looking slightly more resplendent than you know her in her everyday life, but still the Molly that you know and love.
1: Biddy walks over and sits down confidently on the outside, but I think there's definitely a... I know that I'm probably perhaps crossing a line here, Molly, and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to her facial expression.
0: Yes, Biddy? Molly,
1: um, it's, it's good to see you.
0: I'm definitely seeing you.
1: Yeah, I, I'm so sorry to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I don't want to bring any old baggage into your new life.
0: And yet you just keep turning up.
1: <laughs> well, you know me. always sticking my nose into places that it doesn't belong.
0: What are you doing here, Biddy?
1: I have been contacted by someone close to Max Herringbone's new film project. They are concerned that the project may not be being given the attention that it deserves by Max, that he might be getting distracted by something that isn't his filmmaking.
0: I see. And so what do you need me for, Biddy?
1: Well, I know that while you haven't worked with him directly, I just want to get a feel for the guy. I want to figure out if The rumors that this person has told me could be true.
0: Betty, when was the last time you asked me for a cup of coffee?
1: Um, I mean, I'd have to get out my date book.
0: Every time I see you, you're always asking for help or assistance or something for your new little private investigations case.
1: I know. I I get caught up in the work. I I tend to forget that I need to have a life outside of it as well.
0: (sighs) Max is a nice guy. It's a big project for him, and he's probably just distracted with the amount of things that are going on.
1: I've heard rumors about Nancy Fisher and her particular behaviors or urges.
0: Betty, Nancy is a film star. To be perfectly honest, most of them sleep with anything that moves. Nancy is no different. She's just not as good at hiding it as some others are.
1: So, if say she and max had been involved
0: max look i've worked with max and as i said he's a nice guy he's not gonna be sleeping around with nancy fisher not when he's got eleanor at home she's definitely somebody who you don't want to cross beautiful and smart
1: the um and i promise it's just one more question my source says that they believe max has started drinking which i've heard is out of character for him
0: look i've worked with him as a director once or twice and I don't know much about his personal life. I do know that he's become quite close with uh, Theo Carrington, probably how he got the lead in that production.
1: Yeah, I read about it in the papers. Strange business.
0: Yeah, look, Theo's a bit of a character. Perhaps they're just looking forward to celebrating the success of this new picture.
1: And how are you,
0: Molly? I'm fine. You don't need to worry about me. You worry about yourself, which I think is something that you do best.
1: It was good to see you, Molly. I'll, um, I'll call, we'll have coffee.
0: That's what you always say, and she drops down some notes and walks out before you have the opportunity to do it first.
1: Yeah. I think what Biddy's gonna do next, I think she sits for a moment at the table and does have a brief sort of internal reflection, but ultimately knows she needs to pull herself together and get working. She is going to see if she can filch a costume or something in order to let her do some snooping while she's here because she may as well make use of the afternoon.
0: You head out of the diner and look down the main street. Again, still incredibly busy. People moving, people practicing, people reading scripts, people writing scripts, all kind of creative moving in this space. And after a moment, you see somebody move past with a rack of costumes and they stop outside of a soundstage and grab maybe three costumes of the ones they're looking for and then leave the rack outside.
1: Biddy just is going to walk over, grab two things off the rack and then just start walking towards a different stage. Complete, I am meant to be here. This is my job. This is what I'm doing grab and go. Exactly the same kind of gesture that she saw the man before
0: do. Can you make a roll? And that's a
1: one to start us
0: off. Biddy, you walk towards the rack. You move forward strongly and you reach out and you grab two costumes by the hand and go to pull. Unfortunately, as happens sometimes, the coat hangers are facing an opposite direction. So as you pull... You pull almost the whole rack towards you. It doesn't fall on you, but it starts to shake just as the man comes out again to grab more costumes. Oh, hey, hey, what are you doing?
1: I'm so sorry. Max said he needed these
0: on Why stage would stage. Max need them on his soundstage? Get your hands off my costume! I no, no, I'm
1: just doing what I'm told. I'm so sorry. Get away
0: from here. And he starts to swap you away.
1: Of course, and I'll just walk towards a his different soundstage.
0: He starts to grab his costumes yeah. and store inside. Very upset at you. All
1: right. But going to just glance around and see if that drew anyone's particular attention or whether it was just lost in the fact that this is a hustling and bustling area.
0: There are a couple of people nearby who've kind of looked up and been like, Shh, you're quite young. Yeah. Um, so people are just going, well, clearly she's the new temp, the new assistant, has no idea what's going on, I'm trying to break into movies. I'll start here and then I'll become a movie star. Yeah. They see it all the time. But most people, again, as you say, there's just way too much noise and people yeah. are going places that don't, yeah. they don't pay much mind.
1: Biddy, seeing that that happened and no one's thrown her out is just going to start walking around like she belongs here to see if she can find where Max's piece is being worked on. Just scope the place out.
0: You continue to walk down the main street. Yeah. There are clear labels on each of these Mm -hmm. massive sheds or warehouses, stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. As far as you can tell, there is no indicator as to what film is being worked on in those particular stages. You are aware that this film, Summer Meadows, is a Western film. So you see people kind of milling about stage two who seem in the appropriate kind of dress.
1: It will start heading towards stage two. If there's anything that she can swipe to make her look slightly more official, whether there's like a clipboard or even like a cup of coffee that she could be pretending to be delivering to someone. But otherwise she's just going to walk in and see what happens.
0: Let's make a roll to see what happens.
1: Yeah. That's a six.
0: Okay, you start to walk towards soundstage two, and as you move forward, somebody approaches you. It's a very, very young man, even younger than yourself. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, um, I'm 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 really sorry, uh, uh, Gina. Gina, are you Gina? I'm. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Gina. Oh, fantastic! And he hands you this little box yeah. of coffees and a second box of donuts. Yeah. Gina, Max is just Gina. Just get them in there.
1: I'm going. I'm going, and I'll just stop walking.
0: Great. And you move into the soundstage and it is an incredibly stark difference. The atmosphere is immediately quieter, just as busy, but much calmer, much quieter. And you realise they're in the middle of filming a scene. There are 30 or so men huddled around a camera that is hooked up on this crane, currently filming um, two actors on a desert scene. There's a handsome man dressed as a, a rancher or cowboy, and a very attractive young woman, dressed in a slightly less conservative version of traditional prairie dress. From the huddle of men, you hear a voice call out, Alright, that's a wrap! And the crowd immediately begins to disperse.
1: Alright, I'm assuming I can sort of take from context that the man and the woman are Theo and Nancy. But Biddy will start looking for Max. She does technically have something to deliver right now, so she'll try and get a read on the guy as she hands it over.
0: You look around, there are so many men. They're yeah. moving lights, they're pointing, people are directing other people. Who's supervising, who's working isn't very clear. But in the middle there are two figures, standing by the camera, talking, who are perfectly still and very calm and focused. One of them you immediately recognise is Max Herringbone, who is dressed beautifully in a very expensive suit, has a full head of hair, is in his own right quite attractive and could have been on screen if he so wished. And standing next to him is a smaller, thinner man of similar age who is balding.
1: I think she'll try and just suss if they look like they're in the middle of an important conversation or whether this is shop talk that it would be acceptable to interrupt.
0: It's difficult to discern. They definitely look like they're in a conversation where they are planning or debriefing on what's just happened as well as briefing on what's going to happen next. You know enough about the movie industry to know that it moves very quickly. Yeah. So already they're packing down to set up the next scene because they don't have time. Is there ever really a good time to interrupt yeah, yeah. is not entirely clear.
1: I'll just walk over. Mr. Herringbone. and I brought your coffees. No, oh. I'm the new girl. I just... Thought I'd
2: step in. Well, uh, thank you so much. Your name?
1: Um, Addie.
2: Thank you, Addie. Uh, You're new?
1: Yeah, yeah. just started yesterday.
2: Uh, Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for the coffees. Are you staying in the studio or are you heading out?
1: I am staying in the studio and, oh, this is really specific. I'm looking for someone who is green enough to potentially believe my con- But I think has been here long enough to maybe know some gossip.
2: There's somebody who is prepping for a water station with paper cups. The catering lady that you're asking about. There also seems to be another woman standing, not doing much, but has a clipboard. So she gives that air of quote-unquote knowing what she's doing. Uh, But everybody else seems to be in the midst of some kind of task.
1: I'll try the catering lady. Hi, um, Addie Smith, I started yesterday. Um, I was told to come and report to you. I think you had a job for me.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Hello, I, I'm Joyce.
1: It's really nice to meet you.
2: Oh, it's lovely to meet you too, Addie. I'm I'm really not sure. I'm not the kind to be giving out any kind of orders. I'm, I'm, I'm just here to get the water ready.
1: Oh, maybe, maybe I got it mixed up. It's oh, that's so okay. busy here. Everything moves incredibly fast.
2: <laughs> you do get used to it, darling. You do get used to it.
1: It's just such an amazing project, isn't it?
2: Oh, it is, isn't it? Oh, I just love these Western films, and this one's a romance. I think Nancy is such a talented young lady.
1: Oh, she is. And the new lead, Theo, he's um, mm. he's a handsome-looking fellow. I don't think I've seen him in any movies before.
2: Oh, no, but he's definitely been around the studio. Definitely been around the studio. He is quite the dreamboat. I'll be seeing this film a few times, if you know what I mean. Oh,
1: definitely.
2: If you head to the catering office, I'm sure they could find something for you. I'm so sorry I couldn't help you, Miss Smith.
1: Yes, yes, Addie Smith. Of course. Um, no worries at all. Um, it was so nice to meet. Um, and Biddy will head where Joyce pointed.
2: Let us roll a die to oh determine the outcome of what is to come.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not so much with the two.
2: So, you head out of the sound stage, um, and what appears to happen is that on one side of the road is the set of sound stages, and on the opposite side are a number of offices, costume places, seamstresses, washing places, diners, is all on the opposite side of the road. So, as you head down, you see what looks to be a little kitchen space, noted as catering offices, and there's a person there. Sitting behind a desk, an older woman seems to be in her fifties, hair graying.
1: Um, excuse me, hi. Addie Smith, I started yesterday. Um, Joyce sent me down for another job. I just finished the one that I was doing.
2: She eyes you suspiciously. I'm sorry miss, I don't know who you are.
1: Addie, Addie Smith, they've been bouncing me around lots of different places.
2: Miss Smith, I think you found yourself in the wrong place.
1: Oh, I, I'm i so sorry. I, uh, is there anything I can do while I'm here?
2: No, we don't need any extra help. If I did, then I would have asked for somebody. I think that you're definitely in the wrong department.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, um, I, I guess I'll...
2: Addie Smith, did you say? Yeah. And she gets out a pencil and starts to just make a note. Well, thank you. Miss Smith, do, do I need somebody to escort you anywhere?
1: No, no, I know where I'm going. I just, you get turned around so quickly in this place.
2: She stands up, she reaches over to her telephone. No, please, just stay here. I'll get somebody to help you out.
1: Oh no, it's no it's no problem at all. Have a really lovely day, and I'm just gonna airheadedly start walking outside.
2: Okay, and you <laughs> move outside of the building as she is
0: dialing.
1: Yes, yeah, so I think Biddy, after she sort of exits, and hears that the phone call is happening behind her, we'll choose the safer option and start moving towards the boom gates again to head out of the studio.
2: You hop in a taxi and you head back to your offices. As you're heading through and you're driving back towards your offices, slowly you can see the sun is beginning to set. You're reflecting on the day and what's going on. You've definitely maybe burnt some bridges. <laughs> at Solar Studios, but there are a few leads still to follow up with Eleanor.
1: I think, yeah, once Biddy gets back to the offices and sort of sits down for a minute, she's going to call Eleanor.
0: So you arrive at your offices and make a call to the Herringbone home. Hello.
1: Hello, this is Tabitha Jones for Mrs. Herringbone.
2: Absolutely, I'll pass you through. Can you hear silence for a moment? Hello.
1: Hi, is Herringbone. It's, um, Miss Jones.
2: Yes, thank you.
1: I was wondering if, not today, but tomorrow, I could come around to the house, have a look around while Max is at the studio.
2: Absolutely. Yes, he normally leaves around 8.30am, so any time after that should be fine. Wonderful. You'll meet my butler, Kenny. Mm-hmm. He'll know that you're coming. You can count on his discretion, too. Feel free to talk to him about any business. Of course. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Tabitha. All
1: right. I think that's probably the most Biddy can do for this evening. But I think she might sit down and sift through some old newspapers and maybe just look at articles or perhaps even try and find interviews with Max about previous projects just to get a better feel for who he is.
2: You float through the evening as you move through these different articles and pieces that you find throughout these newspapers about max herringbird and his previous projects he started in movies a little bit later but has made a real name for himself as kind of a hit maker. He is incredibly wealthy and a number of his films have been not only artistically successful, but also incredibly financially successful. As you look through, a number of these names keep coming up. Nancy Fisher, he's worked with a few times before. She started in much smaller roles in the background, but quickly rose to prominence as a leading actress. The name Theo Carrington is a little less present but you do see him mentioned in the background as somebody who is working to get money for different projects and is assisting in that kind of way. He seems to be a bit of a money mover for Max. Is there anything more specific you'd like to know?
1: I think that's probably all she's looking for tonight. Just wants to get a feel for these people that she's looking into. Thanks for listening in to this week's episode of Snake Eyes. Listen in next week to follow the next part in the adventures of Biddy Jones, Private Investigator. Let us know what you think by leaving a review on your podcasting app of choice, and we'll see you on the flip side.